it's this is uh our halloween special what up that's why you're, you're gonna hear a lot of like really silly ghost sounds like that so get prepared for that so yeah by the time you hear this it'll probably be around halloween so i hope everyone's excited for gay christmas <laughs> um yeah it's around the corner so we thought we'd give you a gift and try some different things today we're all a little sleepy it seems but we'll get through this together Anyway, so, for your approval, I do have a thing I sent to Jim. Uh, I have not read it yet, so excuse me if it's a little awkward, but uh, the it's an article in the, um, what do they call that? Paper. Headline. <laughs> they call it headline. <laughs> headline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what you're going for. A headline is, uh, the headline is, a definite timeline of Kesha's claim that she had sex with a ghost. <laughs> nice. And the little subtext is, baby, when we're touching in the dark, can you feel it? I'm going to imagine that's a Kesha lyric. I, yeah, I think it's so. got to be. I, I am not necessarily a Kesha fan. I'm not against, but I haven't really, I'm not familiar with her work. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's see here. So, supposedly in September 2012, Kesha tells Ryan Seacrest, whoever that is, about oh her. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. Pop, tell Jesus me. Christ. Tell me. All right, Mima. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who that is. I have a specific role in this show, and I am fulfilling it properly. Uh, you know what? You don't it, need it's to know. So... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but listeners no. at home will get a good chuckle out of this. Yeah, yeah fair. Well, anyway, she told this person uh, about her sexy ghost encounter. Um, oh, she has a song about it. Her <laughs> song Supernatural is about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way. Yeah. I had a couple experiences with the supernatural. When pressed about it, said sexy ghost. Oh, when pressed about sex. <laughs> when- <laughs> said sexy ghost. We-, we interviewed the ghost, not Kesha. When we asked the sexy ghost, when pressed about the sexy ghost, uh, she added, I don't know his name. He was a ghost. <laughs> I like how she had to clarify. He was a ghost. I was very open to it. In the track, she sings, when you take my body to the stars, I believe it. Boy, this love is supernatural. Can you feel it? <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, also on Conan, she said something about uh, went to the bone zone with a ghost. That's a very good phrase. Very good. <laughs> he was in my house and he just started like caressing me, she said, uh, reenacting those soft paranormal caresses on Conan O'Brien's arm. It was a sexy time, but it wasn't like sex. So I guess it sounds like more like a sensual, like yeah. foreplay kind of vibe. Tantric. I don't know his name. But he was in my house. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Five years later, Kesha went from having erotic ghost encounters to literally playing a ghost. In a 2007, in 2017, she made a cameo as a party guest in David Lowry's film A Ghost Story, which follows a recently deceased man who returns to comfort his wife as a ghost. White sheet and all. I love the, these kind of articles where th- there's not enough story so that they'll just like randomly way, be like, it? and uh, you know, fun fact, she ended up being a ghost. <laughs> like, oh. Cool, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, wait a sec, July twenty twenty two. Ooh, this is pertinent to our story today. Kesha, Kesha's sapphic ghost twist. I had something wake me up while I was in bed with my boyfriend at the time, and it was a touch down my body. She said, "I woke up and looked at the end of the bed, and there was an apparition of a woman." So, full disclosure, I never slept with a ghost, but she did wake me up in a very sensual way. What does that mean? She was tickling on that. I feel like the story is all over the place. I read it as well. Um, And, like, the ghost is a man, and then the ghost is not a man. The ghost is a woman. Maybe there's two ghosts. And and it was sexy, but there was no sex. It kind of sounds like there's two ghosts. Well, it could also be, like, originally, she was like, I want to talk about this, but then was like, well, I don't want people to... I don't want to like open up the whole oh she's gay conversation and yeah, like okay. have to bring in this whole thing. That's that, that's yeah because I think Kesha's had had a time <laughs> yeah. if I remember correctly. She had a pretty yeah. rough one. Yeah. yeah, so I think like 
being first of all while dealing with all that bullshit being like i had a sexy encounter with a ghost it's probably going to be hard like just add shit to the pile you yeah, know? and yeah. then to be like i actually had sex with a woman ghost you know like had a same gender kind of sexually experience with an apparition probably wouldn't have been any better Mm -mm. also apparition of a woman is a great name for a book holy shit that's good i love it yeah i like it or it could be like you know in the early 2000s when the band names were too long Mm -hmm. apparition of a woman yeah or just like an album too yeah i think that would make more sense that would definitely be a band that is a hundred percent (laughs) men (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah and also mm-hmm. very white all yeah mm-hmm. all white guys mm-hmm. bunch of like beards alt white guys all, all, <laughs> all white guys <laughs> oh no. no i know i don't I know, know if alt, you alt has changed this meaning quite dramatically over the years yeah you know, back in the old has. days when you said someone was alt you were like oh that cool con- that connotation is definitely yeah especially when you say alt white yeah together mm-hmm. it's just like well you could be talking about right wingers, or you could be talking about early two thousands indie I like, bands. I feel like calling them alt whites is pretty funny. I I think I could I think I could start using that as like a general term for the alt right. I mean, it's accurate. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you sounds have you like seen a bunch them? of alt white nonsense? <sighs> yeah. So okay. So I guess my cold open was you know a very confusing story about Kesha, but she sort of maybe maybe got the second base with the ghosts. Who knows? Who knows? I like it. I like it. I love it. We all dream about the apparition of a woman coming to us and offering us good, good, good stuff. Give me the good, good. Mm-hmm. That ghosty good, good in the spooky Lots of season. Sensual touching. I love she, a sensual touch. She came here to touch your boobs. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to. Try to like stretch out like boner. Boon- your boner. Your booner. My booner. <laughs> I got a booner. My booner. It's like oh, a fear. Boner. It's like a fear boner, but like a little bit more kid friendly. Yeah. A booner. A, a fright burner. A fear burner. A fear burner. A fright burner. A fright burner. All right. Oh boy. Oh golly. <laughs> well, before we get started, I also just want to add um, for everyone out there who's getting ready for Halloween. Uh, that it's a good time to ask yourself, hey, is my costume racist <laughs> or problematic? Mm. Um, and feel free to just, you know, if you go to Google and you type in like a whole sentence that's something like how to dress up as my favorite character without appearing racist or something along those lines, problematic, you will get responses that are quite helpful and can help explain you know, why some things work and others don't. Um, and it's worth looking before you do your dress up. Yeah. It's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Have a safe, smart, non-toxic, non-problematic Halloween, everybody. Yeah. 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 All right. So, hello. Welcome to the spooky episode of Love at First Sighting. Sex positive, kink friendly, and thirsty conversations about the monsters and cryptids that traverse our backyards and our imaginations. My name's Joyce. I'm your resident cryptid researcher bringing the Monster Book Report. Joining me is Jim. Hey, I'm Jim. I'm they, them, and I'm here to read porn. Also joining me is Coco. Hello. I'm a big dum-dum when it comes to cryptids, (laughs) Uh, but I'm also real horny and love to learn. I think what you make up or lack in uh, the knowledge set, you make up for enthusiasm. That's, Absolutely. And th- that's what every sexual partner has ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Give me more of that spice later. All okay. Right. So because it is our Halloween special, uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. Today we're going to get all cultured and shit, you know, all right, and all that. So I thought... Um, I want to talk about a literary monster today. Uh, originally, I was going to do Dracula, um, but I recently learned about a book that predates uh, Stoker's book by like 26 years. And I think it seems a little bit more up our alley, uh, if you will. Um, up someone's alley. <laughs> so what I'd like to talk about today is the book Carmilla, uh, which is essentially the cornerstone of the lesbian vampire genre. So like, it's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. I've not read this. Oh, it's 
I actually, y'all be so proud of me. I read a book for this. I did. Oh, I read a book. That is big. <laughs> I know. I barely read these days. I used to be such a bookworm. Um, but yeah, for those who aren't aware, Carmilla is a novella by Joseph Sheridan Lafenu, written in 1872, which would go to inspire Bram Stoker's Dracula, among countless other vampire tales, including a related web series and uh, weird European films that we'll talk about later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the novella is about the titular character Carmilla and her sapphic relationships with other young girls, specifically the character Laura, who acts as the story's narrator. Uh, and in case you're worried, I'm not going to spoil the book, though we may allude to plot points and characters. So like, if you are interested in reading this book, maybe like pause the podcast, come back to it after you read it. It's not a very long read. It's pretty short. Um, but if you're going to stick with this, Again, I'm going to try my best not to really spoil it, just in case. Content warning, everyone's favorite time. Um, death, loss of a loved one, mental health struggles. Um, those are the main ones. So if any of that is going to be upsetting, you know, maybe skip this one or try to skip ahead to the horny bits. So before we dig deeper into the book, I thought maybe we should take a look at the author and who this guy was. Uh, Joseph Thomas Sheridan Lafanu was an Irish writer born in the August of 1814. La Fanu was born into a family of writers with his grandmother and great uncle being playwrights and his mother was an accomplished author. His father was some sort of church dude. <laughs> church dude. Church dude. Yeah. It, it's not really important, nor could I kind of parse out what he actually did with the church. But, you know, who cares? Uh, the bulk of La Fanu's work are mysteries, horror tales, and gothic fiction. Uh, despite having a tutor that was said to have taught them nothing and was finally dismissed in disgrace per his brother, Lafanu used his father's library to educate himself. Of course, I'm always really suspicious of these self-made man stories. Mm, mm -hmm. So take it with a grain of salt. Sorry to be like so sassy today, but... It's fair. It's valid to, to question things that especially make people look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, like wealthy white guy self-made man story i'm just like did you though were you though <laughs> you know yeah like sure it's it's easy to be a self-made man when you're like have a pile of money mm -hmm. like to step on mm -hmm. yeah anyway <laughs> I, w I did it all by myself with my just me and my servants and <laughs> My parents' money. My my library of books that people have. Yeah. yeah especially no. back in the day. Yeah, in the early 1800s, a whole library of books. Mm -hmm. I'm going to suggest that he had at least a little bit of money. Though, I will say, um, sadly, upon his father's death, they had to sell much of the books to pay off his father's debt. Um, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but his dad accrued debt quickly. <laughs> um, Lafanu studied law at Trinity College in Dublin but never ended up practicing and ended up going into journalism as early as 1838 Lafanu was contributing publications such as the Dublin University Magazine which featured his first gothic piece The Ghost and the Bone Setter uh. <laughs> okay. Let me, okay let me set that bone <laughs> I work real hard to set bones um <laughs> Not to take the the punch out of the joke, a bone setter is someone who like does stuff with like paper. I forget what specifically, but I think it's like with book binding and things. Huh? I heard this on oh, binding once. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I I definitely thought that it was like a, a medical thing, like somebody who puts your like when you break a bone, like isn't that called setting your bone when you when you yeah, put it you reset back in and maybe that's what that is. But there is a thing too with like dealing with like books and book binding it's like bone something hmm. i'll have to look that up maybe maybe that's interesting I, yeah i had no idea yeah it's i remember in the episodes like one of those live episodes and griffin is just like wait a minute whoa that title's cool and, <laughs> but yeah eventually lafanu became the owner of several newspapers again how do you become an owner of a newspaper? I'm so, so self-made. So self-made. Whoops. Uh, I went to law school and now I'm, own, I'm the editor-in-chief of many a newspaper. Yeah, he owned, owned, let me put an emphasis there. He owned several newspapers. Um, but yeah, he would marry in 1844 and bear four children with his wife, Susanna Bennett, 
Unfortunately, Bennett suffered severe anxiety, among other quote-unquote neurotic symptoms. Ah, yes, mm. she was a normal human woman who That's why I put the quotes. lived in that time period, right. Uh, which caused the marital stress until her death in 1858. After losing his wife, Lafonu did not write any fiction until the death of his mother in 1861. After the hiatus, he would go to write his best-known pieces, such as Uncle Silas and the topic of today's episode, Carmilla. Uh, Carmilla was first written as a serial in a publication called Dark, The Dark Blue in late 1871 and reprinted in 1872 as a part of La Fanu's short story collection in A Glass Darkly. Great title. Yeah. Mm. Confused by what it means, but I love the way it sounds. I like The Dark Blue as well. Yeah, very good. He was good at naming shit, apparently. Uh, La Fanu would pass a year after Carmilla's publication in the um, in February of 1873 at the age of 58. Um, but yeah, like I feel like there's no way he could have understood the impact his story was going to make. So, <laughs> got a little too excited there. Um, so, Carmilla, um, cool. like I said, y'all be proud of me. I actually read this book. Um, I did do an audio book, but like I still feel like that counts as reading. Absolutely. Yeah, don't be ableist. Um, but yeah, like it's a very short read and like, you know, I think some people disagree, but it kind of just had like a, like an Edgar Allan Poe vibe, like the way it was written. And like, again, it's been a long time since I've read an Edgar Allan Poe story, but like, I think it makes sense, like considering the time period and all that. Um, is this, would this be, I don't know, like time frames. is this Victorian times? I think so. You know, I meant to look that up because I always have like, I always get a little confused on what the Victorian era is, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that's was... a very spooky time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those children in long white shirts <laughs> wandering around sickly calling out, mother, <laughs> milk, mother, <laughs> milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um <laughs> but yeah it kind of has that vibe i think it is victorian um you know if someone out there in listener land wants to correct me feel free to do it just do it nicely um but yeah so the novella is often credited with being one of the earliest pieces of vampire oriented fiction at least in the western world uh but it is definitely like the work that set the genre of lesbian vampire um, vampires ablaze like is like the the main one that everyone's talking about and it's always referenced it's referenced a lot especially like in different various like goofy like anime vampires stuff like i think there's isn't there like a castlevania anime that's on yeah the yeah like there's a there's character called carmilla uh there's a specific old black and white movie called dracula's daughter that draws heavily from the movie or from the book um, among many others, There's, we'll get into it. But um, should have been Dracula's mother, considering she was first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that is kind of a weird, yeah. weird thing. Like, see what happened there. I mean, we we know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will say this book also, if you haven't gathered, is written by a cishet white man. So it was kind of curious how good it would be since like it's a white man like cis man writing about lesbians wouldn't do bad um so here's some takes that af like after reading this without too many spoilers <laughs> the book starts off with the main character like the narrator basically like mocking her nanny which i thought was a weird start uh she says stuff like she had a fat, malignant face. Oh, oh my just God. like, okay, have some gratitude. What the fuck? <laughs> I feel like that that is like an in self-insert. Like, yeah. That was just some nanny that he had growing up. He's mm -hmm. like, man, I'm going to fucking roast her. I'm going to roast her. <laughs> I mean, good job on you. But yeah, it was like, a, I was like doing my dishes. And I was just like, okay. Um, and God, Jesus. The, the, <laughs> The number of times they use the 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 word languid, mm. like languidly, she moved about. She was a languid in manner, like languid this, languid that. I'm just like Jesus Christ! Like someone's 
Sorry. I was going to say, was this written in French? Um, Originally. No, he was he was Irish. He had a very French sounding oh, name. Yeah, though. yeah. I think. Threw me off. Yeah, well, yeah. no, it's, it, he is an Irish writer. Yes, his name is very French. I, I mean, French people moved to Ireland. It's cool. I just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes, maybe his mother was French. Because I was wondering if it was a translation thing where somebody was like, I don't know another word for this French word. I'm just going to keep using this one. <laughs> maybe so, or maybe, you know, sometimes you, you just kind of like, you just get into a word. You have I, an affinity for a word and you're like, oh. There's like, definitely seriously. some edits that I've had to do on stories where I'm going back and I'm like, geez, this is like the 30th time. I've... <laughs> like seriously, in the first half of the book alone, it felt like a hundred times. I was just like, it was like a drinking game. I would have been wasted. <laughs> like it was like, why? why? It's look up at the, get a thesaurus, look at different words. Well, it's just like uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Whenever he would write Sherlock Holmes, ejaculated was like, I mean, constantly would say ejaculated. It's funny you say that. Uh, one of the lines I really loved um, was an ejaculation of screams. Nice. Oh. I was just like, oh, oh no. except for all the times I had to hear language. That just conjured a very terrifying image in my uh. head, though. Just like, <laughs> no, just a penis screaming. Like, oh. No, thank you. Ugh, but gore. it's. But it's also like spewing semen while it screams. Yeah, exactly. It's a very so weird like, gargled <laughs> scream. <laughs> it's like bubbling. <laughs> it's like it's like the Tasmanian devil, but he has rabies. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that's oh, the God. worst. Uh, okay. If fully I have a very vivid image in my head and it's horrible that it's in there. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Uh so of course, you have the the character of Carmilla, who speaks like she's in a. Simp can I can I just interject just real quick? Yep. yep. Um, Coco, I need you to draw the image that's in your head, and that will be on Patreon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Okay. I won't look at it. But you sure can, audience. Wink. But, man, if I if I have like the time and energy, I might try to animate it. Okay. Perfect. Put the, put the sounds in there. Even better. Oh, yeah. that could be fun. Okay. So Carmilla. <laughs> no, it's okay. The character Carmilla. Um, basically, she speaks the whole time as if she's like in a simp fever dream. <laughs> like when she's not speaking in like Victorian riddles, she's like engaged in over the top, like poetic displays of love for Laura. She's just like all this poetic nonsense, like <sighs> trying to I can't remember exact lines, but just like stuff like we were meant to be, we will be one until the day of our death and like lots of like hand caressing and like hand holding um and but like all these like wild ass language like i i'm languid. not doing it justice what languid 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 <laughs> language <laughs> so is carmilla the vampire yes is that a spo i'm sorry is that a spoiler i mean it's pretty obvious in the well you know <laughs> when when you're reading it it's just like you can tell automatically, you're like, okay, yeah, strange carriage crashes, of course. Like, you know, you know what you're, that, you're getting that into. That old you, chestnut. That old chest, you know, that old trope. Um, I mean, but this is the first one, so. They created the trope. They created the trope. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking kind of like around sexy stuff, as you might imagine, there's not like like deep descriptions of sex and like, you know, physical stuff. Mostly it's a lot of kissing and hand holding and the words of adoration. Uh, you know, considering the time period, it makes sense. Like La Fanu probably would have been hard pressed to like get any like actual sex in there. Just going to put that out there. I'm sure it was written though. Like somewhere oh, yeah. in a drawer in his house. You know, the director's like, cut. <laughs> there was like 400 pages of just fucking that he was like, oh, man, I got to take that out too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I did a little bit of research, obviously, on La Fanu, but like I don't, well, this is something I would like to do further research on is like the inspirations for the mm -hmm. story and stuff. I mean, other than the male gaze, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, so I don't know how like, sexy and sexual this man was so but yeah it could be worth looking into mm -hmm. um but yeah like you know 
vampires like i did because i was kind of looking at this and like the whole genre as a whole like vampire stories in general are always has these themes of like sexual temptation and like you know it kind of that in turn makes vampires always kind of this like social sexual other Mm -hmm. and like that's kind of like a theme you see popping up in all different vampire stories and like all the stuff i was doing in research and this this story is no different um you know there's definitely it's debatable, but there's definitely like a little bit of an anti-queer kind of like air to the story. Yeah, I, I could see like the devilish woman that's like seducing her and bringing her into this evil companionship or whatever. Yeah, and like all the the women that get involved with Carmilla like have their life force drained. So it's kind of like, you know, like they treat it like yeah. a disease, um, you know. Of course, there are like other reviewers who are kind of arguing that the queerness is more morally ambiguous, um, which I could sort of see because like the feelings were reciprocated between the two women, uh, even though Laura lamented and kind of grappled with it, with her desires a little bit. Um, and she also like towards the end of the book without spoiling it, kind of like laments how it ends. But so it's like maybe it's like one of those pieces that has just like glimmers of kind of like progressiveness. Yeah. among the weeds if you yeah. will um but yeah i, I kind of went back and forth on it because like yeah i i also like watched a lot of reviews and read a lot of reviews of the books and like specifically uh lesbians reviewing it um seemed, a lot didn't seem too mad about it yeah which you know you gotta, nice. gotta get what you can take i guess <laughs> i'm always interested in like this goes back to the joke i made about like uh someone seeing a big bird and then playing a game of telephone and it's a sexy <laughs> yeah sexy man man moth um like i think about the fact that you know originally vampires in in folklore were essentially the same thing as zombies like yeah they were horrific rotted creatures that crawled up out of the ground and ate children and sucked mm -hmm. the blood out of people and made them sick and how like <laughs> Basically, just given enough time, humans will find a way to fuck it <laughs> or make it fuckable. Yeah. Um, like even uh, with zombies, there was that one movie. Uh, I think it was Warm Bodies. I don't know. I think it was based off of a book. Yeah. Oh, but it yeah. is like about a, a zombie boy who falls in love with a human girl and they get together and it's Ooh. just kind of accepted that we're now fucking zombies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Well, um, something too like obviously this book I would say did this as well, but there's a lot of people who talk about how Bram Stoker's Dracula kind of created the vampire figure and made it sexy. Yeah. Again, Carmilla did it kind of first. Yeah. But like, you know, he's seen as like kind of like a there is a little bit of like xenophobic kind of exoticism with Dracula, yeah, but yeah. also like He's like, you know, he still is like a charming and like just very um, suave, suave and seductive type. Like he's not like a monstrous, like obviously, you know, sucks your blood and shit. And then he is technically undead. But like he's like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> gloss over that. Yeah. I mean, look, we've all dated people that are worse than that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, mm. there's also like lots, lots of uh, evidence to uh, suggest that Bram Stoker was a closeted gay man. Oh, yeah. Dracula is basically him, like, dealing with that. Because, like, oh, he, yeah. he was buddies with Oscar Wilde. And if you know anything about Oscar yeah. Wilde, I mean... They, yeah, well, he was, he was friends with Mary Shelley as well. Mm -hmm. And they used to all go out and hang out. It was, like... It was, like, the big goth... Yeah, they would yeah, do, like, yeah. a little club. goth yeah. fun club where they would notoriously get absolutely wasted and read scary stories to each other and there's a lot of suggestion that there was a lot of fucking going on yeah so, and with who and what hole we don't know <laughs> yeah and there was also for some reason the name is, escapes me but like there was a correspondence between him and another author where he was basically just like writing his like simp like stream mm -hmm. of consciousness to them just how much i love you kind of vibes um there's a youtuber called kaz Rowe who did a really excellent video on bram stoker and dracula so y'all should check that out it's k-a-z and then r-o-w-e they're just good um but yeah i i should probably save the rest for a future dracula episode but, yeah but yeah like 
Um, also, a really interesting fact I learned is like dr- vampires in general are said to um, be inspired by this creature called Lamie or Lame. I feel is, like I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like a, a woman beast hybrid, and like she like steals children and munches on them and stuff. So, vampire stuff. Pretty was sure she's in The Witcher. I, I think that they they mm-hmm. list them as a monster in one of the stories. I could see that. There's a lot of monsters in that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. He's a monster hunter. So well, yeah, it's also he did the the author did an enormous amount of research into folklore mm. and pulled real. Yeah. Real creatures in. So Yeah. So if there's anything you take from today's episode, it's lesbian ladies started the vampire thing. So respect. We mm-hmm. all knew. We all knew. I mean, yeah. We all yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like a little nipple in the neck? Mm. Mm. Ooh, sus on me. There's I remember um I I used to live with a friend that some of y'all know that like really loved like the European Jalo films. Which there's a lot of lesbian vampire ones like Daughters of Darkness and shit like that, but the, I can't. I kept remembering this like image. It was like a cover art. It was like a a Dracula vampire vampire, not a Dracula. <laughs> I still <laughs> a my Dracula. favorite thing is when people say a Dracula. It, it does get me every time. Sorry, yeah, it's like a thing I started doing because it was funny, and now it's just like how I speak. It's yeah, like one of those things. But he's like doing a bite on a butt, and I'm just like. Mm. <laughs> Suck a little butt. Hello, uh, daddy. Hello. <laughs> Vampy. That, in a nutshell, is Carmilla. We haven't done theories. Wait. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's not a literary good, book. No. Yeah, not, it's a book. It's a book. <laughs> a book made for a cishet white man's gaze. It doesn't really see, but that's the thing. It doesn't really sound like cishet white man gaze because there's not like explicitness. You know what? It's I, all very loving sounding. I, I will agree with this. Um, You know, if you read it, give me your take on it, sure. um, audience or fellow co-hosts. But like, yeah, I, I would say that it's just like basically like, you know, they were roommates style of like, <laughs> yeah, love. like they were like saying nice words. There's a little bit of hand touching and some kissing. Now, I will say best kind of roommate, best kind of roommate. Honestly, honestly, it was kind of hard to tell sometimes to the degree which they were kissing. Because, like, just the way it was yeah. written, you know, like, sometimes you get lost in the weeds with the flowery Victorian language. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it could be that he wanted to write something a little more sexual and, and just knew that it wouldn't fly. For, yeah. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. It is a good story. Maybe I'm being a little harsh on him. La Fanu. But, yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> she fuck. But do she fuck? Do she fuck? <laughs> You know, lesbian vampires fuck. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah that I, makes I've sense. seen yeah. other other media with, with <laughs> yeah. Lesbian vampires. Have you no, seen they... some uh, <laughs> some other evidence, perhaps? <laughs> seen a few things. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, here we go. So this is "Blood Laced with Lust" by Polar Kraken oh. on Ao3. Oh. <laughs> Trigger warnings: blood. I figured. <laughs> it's vampires. I don't know if we need And to the say title's that. like blood and like lace. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. Oh, biting, I guess. I don't know. Like, y'all know. Is that is yeah. really a trigger this warning? Is a vampire it's a lesbian va- vampire. There will be blood play. Here's your trigger warning. There's a lesbian vampire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first story I found underneath my search of literally it was lesbian vampire. That was my search. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a vampire. Oh. I won't uh, like th- that's that's not what this story is. But like the first I- I'll just say, because it was just so like odd. I read the whole thing. I'm short, but like it was like more like tentacle porn. Did they suck blood from the suckers on the N- tentacles? No, it was like. Oh. It- and then some scissoring. Is that what <laughs> yeah. you're doing there? Jim well, just slowly did the scissoring motion. Like they both had a tentacle that came out of their c- cooter area. Um, and then. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying. There's to a like... lot of okay. There's a lot of like hand motions <laughs> yeah, that so... seem they're very cautious. They're like, <laughs> not to mention the fact that like we have said every fucking word for 
like a vulva or a clit. <laughs> what what was it that you just said? Cooter. 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 Is that country coming you like, out? You like looked around nervously and said, out of their cooter? Like you like, looked around to see if your grandma was watching. Like, cooter. Their cooter area. Like, it, it's cool. I just, I was surprised by the sudden, the sudden, uh, uh, apprehension. I don't know. So, 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 so there was a tentacle coming. tentacles. There's a tutor, tutacle, a tutacle, a cuticle, a kentacle coming. Kentacle. And they were like trolls. And they had, they had grub scars. Wait, grub scars. And the tentacles had nubbins. Wait. And then they could fuck the, and uh. And uh, then there was like, but then like the troll or the whatever, they got a bloodlust. They weren't a vampire, but they were just like, they got like a, I- I'm a fighter and I have a bloodlust. What do you mean by grub scars? I don't fucking know. Oh, they okay. had just said that and I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was not addressed. So stuff on AO3 is, is almost <laughs> always like uh, fan, fiction. fan fiction. And I think it was, it did say Homestuck. I didn't know what that was. Mm, okay. I think this is like a game. Oh. Oh man, we're really showing our age. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Well, of course I, I don't know who Ryan Seacrest dr- is. So no, yeah. and oh, girl, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've I've just I just live in a rock, you know. <laughs> just uh, away from everything. <laughs> Sorry, we're good. We can Let's cut do this a lot of that out. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it was most just... of it was pretty great, I, especially the cooter part. <laughs> cooter. All right. So this is Blood Laced with Lust by Polar Kraken from AO3. When she first woke up, she was scared. A heavy weight was pushing her down into the mattress, and she was about to cry for help. But then she noticed the smell. Rain, firewood, and blood. Her eyes, still blurry from her slumber, slowly focused registering the golden tufts of hair tickling her face, the ruby-red satin robe falling in elegant folds over broad shoulders. She moved her arms, finding the massive frame above her, such a familiar form she hadn't been able to feel for so, so long. It was cold against her fingertips. She hugged the figure and felt big arms hugging her back, making her sigh and melt into it. I missed you. She huffed, her voice muffled, and she was glad about it. She would rather hide how it was wavering with emotions already. A big hand with sharp nails slipped under her head, cradling it gently. Me too, darling. Are you gonna? Are we gonna do oh, like a Dracula voice? I just doing a weird, slight like I don't know, uh, like posh, slightly posh accent that okay. could be from yeah. That's I'm fine. I'm gonna, gonna see how it goes. Okay. Came this gentle rumble from above and she smiled into the chest she was pressed against. She had been in Roswell's castle for almost a year. They had been inseparable ever since. The decision to give up her normal life, to come live with a vampire in her lair, hadn't been easy. All of a sudden, she had found herself a servant to this otherworldly being, only because of Roswell's weird moral compass. Who ever heard of an ancient first-blood vampire who had a problem with sucking blood from unwilling victims? Finding her in the streets pale and weak, hidden in a pile of garbage bags, had been surreal and scary to say the least. But she had still brought her home, just to learn she would die soon without some proper human blood. Her disbelief about her vampire status was quickly dissolved when she had seen these scary sharp incisors extending behind her front teeth, not unlike a venomous snake's. She hadn't hesitated long before she had offered her own blood, which she'd rather not think about too much, It was a bit concerning how quickly she was willing to give up her bodily integrity for someone else she hardly knew. Roswell, however, had regained her strength quickly thanks to her disregard. They had spent several months together, where she had learned how Roswell had become a pacifist vampire, and with that, they figured out a deal. She would stay with Roswell, and in turn, she would look after her. It took some getting used to, especially after being self-sufficient all her life, but she had become pretty spoiled ever since then. Her new life was very comfortable, with naps all day, good food, and all the books she could ever read in Roswell's enormous library. The physical closeness wasn't anything to scoff at either, and all it cost was her blood. Getting bitten wasn't even that bad. Sure, it hurt, but Roswell's saliva was soothing, so it would dissolve to a mere discomfort quickly. 
Not to mention she would be extra nice and gentle with her so she could recover from all the blood loss. This hadn't happened for a good month now and she had found herself missing it. The lightheadedness which came from Roswell's feasts was deeply ingrained into her as a sign of comfort. But now Roswell was back and the agitation from the vampire was palpable while her hands roamed her body slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine little like kitten nibbles, you know, and a little baby kitten's like... Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, baby! It's a gentle bite. Yeah. <laughs> God, you smell <laughs> like sweaty pumpkin spice. <laughs> like sweaty pumpkin spice. <laughs> mm, my favorite. Mm, nom, 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 nom. God, you smell. What? Wait, Wait, what? Why? Why? I don't know. It's always know. goes to Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like the Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo. <laughs> God, your smell. This is a yeah. mashup. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. God, your smell. You're so intoxicating. Roswell said while she nuzzled her face into the crook of her neck to inhale and. <laughs> what a weird way to say that. What's wrong with me? To inhale. Let's let's start over again. <laughs> I need to like I need to start making my font bigger. Peepaw can't read it. I know. Thirty pages over there, and you gotta. I know. Like I'm like. <laughs> you got a Kindle? You can put PDFs on there. Yeah. Roswell said while she nuzzled her face into the crook of her neck to inhale and she felt her cheeks heating up. It would never lose its novelty to be desired like this. Pushing herself down, she was finally able to look at her. Strong, old features. Eyes full with experience of an immortal being. Deep wrinkles giving her face a rather untypical, mature look for a vampire. A big, old scar snaked itself from the back of Roswell's neck all the way to her strong jawline. A relic of battle she had won so long ago. The human couldn't even imagine the fights her lover had to endure and had only seen her once in full attack mode. It hadn't been pretty, to say the least. Roswell was so much bigger than her in every aspect, and she enjoyed it greatly. Her hand, looking almost childlike in comparison, came up, touching her face as she felt how Roswell leaned into her palm. Her heart was hammering faster, seeing her close her eyes in content, the smallest hint of a smile curling her lips slightly. She had never felt as secure with someone as she did with her, and she was proud to see a creature like her smiling just because of her touch. She could tell she was famished, given that she had went without feeding for a month. Roslaw was strong, but the mission she had been on had clearly taken a toll. The energy she usually irradiated was depleted, and her huge body was lying heavily on hers, almost slack. The human smiled as well, getting excited about being of help to her. She lifted her head to bare her, her neck the skin only slightly scarred from the daily bites she was usually getting. Come here, you must be hungry, she said quietly, her hand wandering gently from her face to the scarred back of her neck to pull her down. Roswell opened her eyes, icy blue pupils glowing at her, like a wild beast, and the girl prepared herself to be her feast once more. But there were no sharp teeth breaking the sensitive skin, no lips greedily closing over the bite, no suction on the wound. Instead, Roswell sat up and left the human a bit forlorn. I was craving you from the moment I left the castle. She answered while she pulled off her cape and slipped off her button-up shirt. The human was blushing upon seeing Roswell undressed all of a sudden. Her skin mirrored her ancient existence, covered over and over in bigger and smaller scars, and the human always wondered why her regenerative ability wouldn't get rid of those. It didn't take away from Roswell's beauty. In fact, it just enhanced it. All of her struggles she overcame were recorded on her body, and the human cherished each and every one of them. With a quick snip on her back, she got rid of her bra at last. Her breasts weren't what would one call ample, but due to her sheer size, they were quite impressive. The girl gulped mm. while she... Just imagine, like, the, the, the wolf eyes. Like, where they go... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heart beating out chest. Yeah. Oh my god. The girl gulped while she mentally prepared herself for what was coming. Let's make it special, shall we? With that, her hands moved to the human's body, 
pulling her shirt over her head, uncovering her chest as well. She leaned back down, her cold, undead skin pressing against the heat of the smaller human underneath her. The girl sighed quietly, feeling very overwhelmed all of a sudden. Roswell was rough and hard, but even she had soft parts on her, and her fingers were grazing them now, gently stroking over the scar tissue. She wasn't allowed to explore for long when Roswell's claw got a hold of her wrists, pulling them up and over her head as she whimpered in embarrassment. Only me tonight, darling. You just lie down and enjoy yourself. But she started to... She started... (laughs) 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 I mean, that's how we all feel when we're uh, pinned down by a giant woman. (laughs) 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 Please. Mommy. Mommy. I mean, sorry. I mean, mommy. I mean, sorry. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, sorry. She started to protest, but got shushed right away. She needed to experience her undead lover completely, wanting to trace every part of her like an artist would mold their masterpiece, but she knew she didn't have a say in the matter. She resigned to her fate and relaxed her arms while she looked up. Instead of instructing her any more, Roswell got to work, her predatory eyes scanning over her exposed chest. She still had bottoms on, but was certain it was only a matter of time till these would come off too. They hadn't slept with each other very often yet, and from earlier relationships the girl had, she was used to taking the active part. Roswell had none of this, and it left her in a rather compromising position. She had to look away when those massive hands were back on her, circling her neck, tracing her veins, running over her collarbones, and slowly rubbing over her chest, her claws gently holding her small breasts. She wasn't especially sensitive there, but the sharp nails scratching over her made her flinch nonetheless, while her body keened against her palms. Your nipples. <laughs> Your nipples. Your nipples. <laughs> this is the weirdest stutter that it's ever come out of. Your nipples. <laughs> Just like going Jersey. Your nipples. Your nipples. Your nipples. They already had. No, I don't know what that they was either. They already had. What is that? It was that? more Boston. JFK? That was more Boston. Know. Your nipples, they're already, already hot. <laughs> Shit. All right. So if anybody had a boner, it's gone now. <laughs> Goodbye, boner. Sorry about your nipples. <gasps> yeah. All right. My nips are as soft as clay now. <laughs> what we what we need to... <laughs> okay what what we need to do in the future is i need you all to send me like the voice because i'm like practicing the voice each time i haven't Mm, even heard it until it comes out of my mouth and so i don't know what it's gonna sound like so just like sending me basically the the little description without any information of who the character is just like your nipples are already hard dear Seems you behaved yourself and listened to me. A hot flush ran all over her, embarrassment rising fast. She was just about able to nod a tiny bit. Roswell had forbidden her to touch herself while she was away. It hadn't been that hard to do, but now she learned just how devious her lover could be. The vampire leaned down, her long tongue slowly licking over her left nipple, and she twitched a bit, pressing her eyes closed. Her boobs were getting massaged by rough hands rubbing them up and down while Roswell's tongue was switching back and forth, teasing both nipples to full hardness. Her body was suddenly getting assaulted by all this undivided attention, her touch-deprived skin burning everywhere she felt cold hands, her mind spinning with gratefulness and shame. It was hard for her to let go, but Roswell didn't give her any other choice. The tongue wandered upwards, licking along her neck, right where Roswell liked to bite her the most, and she bared her neck instinctively, assuming she couldn't hold back anymore and wanted to bite her after all. She was wrong, however. Her retractable sharp teeth barely scraped her, and instead her lips started to kiss her gently, moving behind her ear to lick and nibble there, where her hands were moving downwards, leaving her gasping. Arousal was already blooming between her legs, and she could feel her muscles quiver, her legs getting pushed apart by Roswell's knee. You're being such a good girl. 
she whispered into her ear, knowing full well that this always made her shudder. Roswell's hands kneaded and prodded all along her torso, pinching and squeezing her love handle she was so insecure about. She choked silently, holding her breath, feeling how those sharp nails ran further and further down over her belly, along her hips, the thumbs hooking into the elastic of her pants, sliding them down. She had to whimper again, now fully naked and once again reduced to being Roswell's plaything, the palms pressed down, squeezing her thighs, the fingers tracing along the insides, teasing the sensitive skin. It didn't take a lot of force from Roswell to make the humans spread them more, so she could reach better. The thumbs were massaging her carefully between her legs, right where her thighs met her torso. She kept going for a while, each push heightening her arousal. The wetness down there, unmistakable. Your body is so honest, darling. Roswell whispered, the massages getting more forceful, her right hand letting up so her index and middle finger could come to rest right above her vulva, pressing down gently. She couldn't help herself and rolled her hips up. When had been the last time she was so desperate? This month of longing and pining was now culminating, the heat inside her burning with desire for her undead lover. It was so flustering. She was almost about to close her thighs again to feel less vulnerable. So pretty and so much fun to play with. She sobbed over all this praise and swallowed hard to get rid of her dry throat. She looked at Roswell, who had stopped her nibbling and was now just observing her face and body, eyes piercing into her soul. The vampire would be able to shred her to pieces as if she was a dry autumn leaf. But even ignoring that, her touch had immense power over her. The human was usually not one to beg, but she couldn't wait one second longer. She glanced at her submissively. Please, touch me more, Roswell. No time to comprehend what she had just uttered, as her partner seemed to be at her limit herself. Without any warning, her fingers slid down, coming to a halt between her folds. Uh, uh, uh. She moaned out when she started to circle her slowly, pressing against her, slipping deeper. Her whole body shivered. <laughs> Second, I was going to be like, her whole shivered. Her whole shivered. Her whole shivered. Sometimes it do. Her whole body shivered when she felt those fingers running up and down, taking their time to explore. Her other hand wasn't idle as well, moving up to hold her hips still, while her mouth was back and gently bit behind her ear, sometimes stopping to look into her face. No way was she able to look back, instead hiding behind her arms. The body on her, the body on her shifted. Rosbell, Rosbell? <laughs> Jesus. Roswell's hips now between her legs, forcing her thighs even further apart. The fingers were there, moving, gliding over, tickling each sensitive nerve, carefully brushing further up until the pad of her pointer finger gently came to rest right on her clit. Her whole body stiffened, and her gaze finally shot around, looking at the intense, feral gaze of her tormentor. Finally, you show me a face, kitten. She husked, leaning down, finding her lips with her tongue and slipped inside. The girl's arms wrapped around her, pulling her head closer, while she reciprocated the kiss. God, she loved her so, more than she had ever loved anyone. Why did it take a literal bloodthirsty monster for her to finally feel loved like this? It couldn't just be the masterful skills of Roswell. There had to be more to it. Maybe it was the unfiltered, feral instinct which made her devoted to her like this. Something was very wrong with her, but she couldn't care less right now. All she could feel was gratefulness that she was handled with such love and care. Roswell's tongue curling around hers, which wasn't nearly as agile. The finger on her clit started to massage her very slowly, making her gasp against her partner. Roswell pulled away luxuriously, grinning, letting her fangs slip out. You're so fucking hot. The girl mumbled breathlessly, catching the beast off guard. She enjoyed that she could fluster her like that, but couldn't revel in this triumph for long, when her face suddenly shot closer again, her free hand hiking her leg higher, her other hand cupping her vulva, all four fingers undulating against her, while her thumb drew slow, cruel circles over that little bundle of nerves. Desperately, she grabbed onto the big torso for comfort, her blunt nails scratching over its scarred back muscles, while Roswell used her hips to push her palm rhythmically against her, making her body sway and her voice stuck in her throat. You helpless human. Think you can allow yourself judgment over me? 
She hissed into her ear, putting more force into her emotions. You're adorable, thinking you're in control here. She didn't know if that was Roswell's intent, but these words made her feel incredibly safe. She hugged her tighter, nodding to show she understood. Her own soft skin rubbed almost painfully against the callous tissue covering her lover's body. Then Roswell's fingers crooked slightly, her claws scratching against her as she cried out in pleasure. It did hurt, but it was good, especially together with the way the thumb was still rubbing over her. She could feel just how wet she was now, making Roswell's grip on her slick. You're going to come for me, darling. Let me taste your pleasure. With that, she rolled her hips against her, the fingers slipping in and out of her, the thumb massaging relentlessly. The human knew what she meant, so she stretched her neck, offering it to Roswell, who chuckled slowly. I've trained you well. The girl actually laughed at that before she sobbed, feeling the pleasure rise and rise with each roll of Roswell's hips. The strong, predatory body engulfing her, teasing and squeezing her right where she was most sensitive, with no way for her to escape. She was so utterly at her mercy, mere prey, which was, be which was getting prepared to taste even better, and it was exactly what she needed. No stress to perform, no pressure to deliver. All she needed to do was to receive, lie there, her legs spread wide while those fingers touching her in the most delicious ways, compressing and stretching, sliding and pinching, rubbing and massaging, all the while Roswell's maw was around her throat, ready to strike. The adrenaline from the sharp pinpricks grazing her skin, together with the stimulation between her legs, made her heart run a million miles per hour, her adoration for this creature so high she thought she'd faint. It took a few more deliberate circles drawn over her clit until the pressure inside her finally exploded, the spring lock finally snapping loose and an orgasm rolled through her, powerful waves making her body shake, her hips pressing against the touch, her eyes seeing stars, and then a sharp pain ripped through the pleasure and she cried out where she had just been gasping before, Roswell's teeth sinking deeply into her veins, opening her up right where she couldn't move, still riding on this orgasm. With each wave, Roswell sucked, enhancing the sensation, shudders running down her spine, painful reminders of how much Roswell enjoyed tasting her blood laced with lust. Her hand was relentless, not stopping to pleasure her, her cries getting more exhausted. Hypersensitive as she was, all she could do was to lie in this beast's grip, her blood getting drank greedily. It was spilling out in hot drops, just to get licked up by Roswell, while she kept on milking her body for all these chemicals. The bite had become numb now, but she could still feel the suction, the tongue slipping over her skin, her body getting weaker and colder. The unmistakable smell of iron filled her surroundings, and a feral, instinctual part of her wanted to panic. But then Roswell's big, rough palm gently caressed over her cheek, and she relaxed again. It seemed to go on for ages, and she was only able to whimper anymore, her face nuzzling against her palm, just like Roswell had done with hers earlier when she had finally put, pulled her teeth out, licking over her one last time to stop the bleeding. She also removed her hand from her vulva, and the human could finally crack her eyes open again, just to see how her lover was licking her fingers clean. You... you had to be that gross, huh? She asked weakly, trying to throw a pillow at her but failing, her arms not responsive anymore. Roswell finished up with a smirk before she lied down to hug her once more her human resting her head on her this time. I'm tired. She hushed and felt Roswell's claws run through her long hair soothingly. Sleep, my darling. I will guard you. Damn. Big dumb mommy. <laughs> Big dumb mommy. <laughs> oh, wow. That... Mm. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the sound of you chugging water afterwards. It's like a little hamster sound of it. <laughs> uh, that's what I need. I need like I have this. I have the mic on a little crane thing. Yeah. I need a, a hamster <laughs> water bottle. Yeah, yeah. Right next to me. <laughs> oh God. We can get you a uh, Camelback. Nail Ooh, it to the wall. That'd yeah, be fun. just have it. Or I just need one of those like beer helmets. Yeah, shit. With, with like fucking Lacroix on each side. What you do is you have Lacroix on one side and then wine on the other side. And oh you know. God, I'd be fucking ripped. We we actually have one of those helmets. Oh my God, we've never used. My spouse bought it <laughs> for God knows what reason. I don't remember. That's amazing. And I'm 
very happy you're about welcome that. to borrow it I would yeah. it's never been borrow. used also i love Honestly, my spouse bought it for god knows what we know the reason <laughs> to drink from it <laughs> to up. drink yeah. yeah i feel like i need that for for halloween costume uh would y'all would y'all fuck uh this big dumb vampire lady <laughs> oh god, yeah oh my god yes please please is if there are really vampires out there and they're listening come fucking find me if you're like this <laughs> if this is who you are yes please <laughs> yeah, yeah please. Ready, ready and willing pull me out of my garbage can existence <laughs> yeah let me your live castle. in your fucking castle <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit coco uh, um, yeah i mean probably at least i would try it <laughs> it's not like my thing yeah the idea of yeah i, I think i would just be like Okay, but can I like, do something now? <laughs> Two doms collide. Hello, yeah. yeah. Like I, I've lost a lot of blood, and can I have like a glass of water before I go to bed, or something? <laughs> like some orange juice? I don't know. Like some iron. Got like some cookies next to like in the <laughs> nightstand. Joyce. Yes. No, I know. Yeah. I was just like, oh. Yeah. No, I, I could tell this one was the one. I was like, oh, Joyce got this one. Hmm. Yeah, I was just uh, soaking it all in, you know. (laughs) Joyce likes that big dumb mommy (laughs) coming at you. You know, you know, without getting like too like earnest, just would be nice every once in a while to just like be a little bit more chill and submissive and be like, you do all the cool stuff. You know, you can even can even like talk some shit a little bit just very nicely. But you can do that. I'll (laughs) take it. Very nicely. Talk some shit. Yeah. I don't want you to say mean things to me, Listen but you here, can you sweet little fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the big hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big hands, big cans. Big I hands, mean, yeah. Big cans. Big cans, big scars, hands. Scars, like cool ass scars. Oh yeah. Looking badass. Yeah. I love giant women. <laughs> I, I think I I want to be clear. I love giant women. I yeah. just I wouldn't have as much fun being submissive, but yeah, like we know, would I sleep with like this lady? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No question. Yeah. It would just be kind of a different dynamic. We'd have to work it out and talk about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. How we could switch, you know? Yeah, pick me up, mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> pick me up, hurt me. <laughs> oh shit! I also do like a little nibble now and again, but I have oh, to be ready for it. Love you know? a nibble. Out of the sexual contents, don't bite me. You know, like I need the context of like, oh, we're sexy, we're getting hot mm-hmm. and heavy. Like, but if it's like we're just hanging out, and you're like, Arr! I'm like, you mean uh, like, like your partner does? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it. Either way, okay. I like a nibble. I it doesn't have to be sexy. I have to be ready like and it, willing. But sometimes I have like the overstimulated thing mm-hmm. where like. Mm. stuff like touching of my skin makes me feel like sudden panic yeah um, especially like hot humid touch oh yeah <laughs> so, like, yeah, hot yeah yeah breath yeah. or like like saliva on me suddenly will just like send this like shiver down my whole body yeah where I'm, like full-blown panic and it sucks because i also like want my partner to come over and bite me randomly like it's fun well, it's always but like I, they need to accept that sometimes I'm going to just whip around and be like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not this time, like a cat. Yeah. Like, yes, touch, but not right now. I will show you my belly when it is time. <laughs> yeah. It's... Sometimes that will be a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's often when I'm like trying to like roll over, not leave the bed, but try to get something that's outside of the bed that my spouse will try to bite my butt. And I'm like, yeah. this is the wrong time. I'm busy right now. Busy. Don't bite my butt. I do that. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime my partner is leaning over to get something or just like doing an activity, I will either slap or bite. Yes. Yeah. I get it. But at the same time, it's like busy. Unfortunately, I will do sound effects too. (laughs) There's usually like a sound. Yeah. You got (laughs) it. Yeah. Or or like a sound when I do the slap. Oh, boy. God, we are just three children. Car- maybe a three, yeah. <laughs> three cartoon characters living in the real world. Okay, let's end this bad boy. Hey, special thanks for listening uh, and joining us for our little Halloween special. Like, we really had a good time, you know? Just getting all spooky and shit and hearing about lesbian vampires. Big, big, big mm. lesbian yeah. vampires. Yeah. We like that mm-hmm. shit. But yeah, we're glad you can hang with us and learn some shit and get all literary. Um, 
We are on Instagram as Love at First Sighting, Twitter at LaughsPod, that's L-A-F-S-P-O-D, on Reddit. Love at First Sighting. Thank you. <laughs> and YouTube, Love at First Sighting. And we also have a Patreon. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash LaughsPod. That's L-A-F-S-P-O-D. We love your support any way you can, but if you have extra jingly change, that would be pretty rad too. You know, help us make this better and help us dedicate more time to this. Work less at the jobs we hate and work more on the stuff we love. Uh, Plus, I'll be able to get some equipment that doesn't freeze every 10 seconds, which we've been having problems with, which has been yeah. So, hey, if you want, if you really want to keep this and you are a rich, vampiric, you know, lesbian in a castle, please give us money so we can keep doing this. It'd be really cool. We need equipment and shit to do it as well. I'll be your thrall. Hell yeah. yeah. I'll send you some some stuff. I'll send you <laughs> stuff. If you help out, I'll send you some stuff. We got stuff. <laughs> we All right. Stuff. All of us got stuff. Yeah. We, can we got it. content. We got stuff. And then we have stuff we are planning. <laughs> uh, yeah. And hey, we have a website too. It's lastpod.com. The most specific thing I think you'll enjoy there is our Cryptid Cupid submission form. If you are a budding author or you find something that tickles your fancy, send it our way. We're always hungry for it. We're we're damn thirsty. We need it. We're parched, perched over here. Shout out yes. to <laughs> Nobilis Reed and Hardcore Kindness. We we love and care about y'all so much. Thank you. I know. Y'all are like so much. our VIPs. Yeah. Big kisses yeah. from us. I know. Big fat kisses. Big vampiric kisses. Big vampiric wet. Big long-tongued kisses. Long t- I will stick it way down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wherever, as far as you'd like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <know>. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if Shit. you are if you are an artist or a creative person, a small business owner, you want ad space, talk mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. We'll yeah. do it. If we're, we're if we think your product is fucking cool, which we think a lot of stuff's cool, uh yeah, just yeah. let us know. We'll get yeah. you on here. We're clearly pretty weird. We'll take on some weird shit. We'll take on some weird yeah. shit. Also, if uh you know, you want to partner with us and give us some ad space so we can get the word out. That would be cool too. You know, that reminds me, write a review on whatever pod thing you listen to us on. Reviews yeah. also help yeah. us get out there. And word of mouth is really rad. Just tell your friends, like, hey, there's a sexy, weird, goofy show that I listen to every once in a while. Like, give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. If you live in a major city, you can just print off some flyers and kind of put them around. <laughs> yeah. Put them up in your local coffee shop. We, we give you permission. <laughs> we give you permission. Okay. <laughs> um, other than have a safe, smart, non-problematic Halloween, is there anything else I'm forgetting? You have any ideas for things you want us to do for Patreon or otherwise? Yeah, let us okay. know. Okay, contact us. We yeah. we have a contact us, don't we? On our yeah, website? we do. We do. We sure and do, you can baby. also contact us on literally any of our other social media. We we'll have a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. There we got we go. it. All right. Goodbye, y'all, and uh, watch Shadow Sweeties. Stay. Spooky and horny babes. Big hands, big hands. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Shirt? Shirt. Big hands, big hands. Mm.